Oh, hello! Oh my goodness, I didn't even see you come in. This is your host, Brian Betts. This is Faith Love Breakfast. I'm sitting here with Pastor Eric Seaton and Pastor Andy Littleton. We are deliciously enjoying some... We are not deliciously. But our food is delicious from Exo Coffee that we record at. Uh, we have a white cappuccino with Eric, and we have a Whiskey Town biscuit without the ham. But how is that? Green chili. It's great. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks to the thanks to the folks in the kitchen. It's delicious. Texo Coffee's good. If you live in Tucson, you should go. If you live in Japan, still you know, go. Come on down. You have no excuses. Yeah. yeah. Buy a plane ticket. <laughs> Buy a plane ticket. Yeah. We'd love to see you. I don't know what the cost of a plane ticket to Tucson from Japan is, but I'll, I'll ask uh, people in our church who travel there on a regular basis. Yeah. Man. I'll ask people in our church that don't ever travel there. Yeah, I just happen to have one person in my church who goes there once a year at least. And being the token millennial, I will ask Google. You ask Google? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll ask friends. I'll ask Siri. That means I'm older. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. So, Siri doesn't work, by the way. Anybody aware of that in the world? What? Siri just doesn't work. She's broken. Mm Mm-hmm. She broke? She broke a long time ago. long time ago. Wait, how so? It just doesn't work well. She doesn't listen. She doesn't understand. Yeah. She's got no concept. Yeah. You, you end up more... Speaking of our anger episode, <laughs> if you're, like, driving around asking Siri stuff, you might get angry. Uh. It's possible. <laughs> so what kind of things do you ask Siri? Nothing. Well, sometimes I try to dictate to Siri for my text messages, and Siri doesn't understand anything I say, which could be my problem, but... Mm-hmm. I'm doing it. So mm-hmm. you said... Nothing. You don't ask Siri anything. I don't. And you've come to this c- conclusion that she does not, she's not functional. Just, no, yeah. Just, and, and my wife is always, like, trying to stick with Siri, like, believe in it. Oh, so it's based on your wife's experiences, not your own? No, I've tried it. But, okay. but we'll be driving, you know, and I'll say, oh, hey, um, you know, where, you find us a gas station? You know, and inevitably, ding, Siri, you know. Yeah. And it doesn't. It does. It's not effective. It would be much easier to go into your map and just put gas. That's that's, that's what I found. I don't know. Every time, like my wife's given Siri a chance, I just kind of go, "No, nope, well, this is here we go." I have British male Siri, and every British time I male act, Siri. Yep. I, I is the name still Siri? Uh, yes, it is. And Cheers. I'll be like, "Hey Siri, please set timer for 15 minutes for my chicken, my honey battered." Buffalo chicken, tossed a buffalo, and uh, you give it all that detail. Yep. Hmm. And he's like, "Yep, fifteen minutes. There you go." But in a very attractive voice. Hmm. It's really well, helpful. Maybe you could talk to my Siri right now. Would you tell it something? Hey Siri, please set timer for fifteen minutes on my honey battered uh, <laughs> triple glazed well, chicken. It did. It set the timer and it's going. Like I think he's got the millennial voice. That's what it is. Uh, please set timer for 15 minutes. <laughs> no. Um, uh, so, hey, please. Uh, oh, yeah. No, so we have today... A this Q- is money podcasting right here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have a Q&A today, and we have asked you multiple times to send us your questions, anything you would like to know. From, all 88 of you. Yes, all mm-hmm. 88 of you. Some of you more uh, have ask for those that like the page but don't listen because there are those yeah like Siri yes listen. Yeah. to send us a Facebook message Facebook comment uh, ask us a question on Gmail uh, and the only question we got was what's the deal with Brian and when is his yeah. show gonna air yeah uh, I was asked uh, we want to hear more about Brian uh, does he have his own episode uh-huh. talking about him wow crazy and, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna who asked say, that question for, yeah, I was wondering, Andy, who asked that question? One of our Japanese oh, listeners, from what I saw. Oh, really? yeah, who's, read, who's uh, Dave was on? It? What's your email, Andy? Oh, I have so many. <laughs> oh, personal, so it came from personal Gmail. Oh, yes, <laughs> Andy's personal Gmail because it was your face. But who signed it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Andy, I'm going to answer that question. That's the first question, and. Uh, that episode will never air. We do plan to do an episode asking me questions before I am no longer a part of this show, uh, which will be... We, we may air clips of that every so often. Like 45-minute clips. <laughs> <laughs> 
to, to make Yasuki happy. Yeah. <laughs> Yasuki. <laughs> I'm just going on record right now. Uh, I have a question for our listeners in Japan. Is that even a legitimate... <laughs> is there any legitimacy to that name? Uh, probably not. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Yeah. So, but I still have questions for you guys. But I did notice on Facebook okay. that Justine, yes, one Justine. of our faithful oh, yeah. listeners... Wanted us to finish the cactus song, the I cactus worship song. Did see that? Yeah, yeah, an indigenous, a song representing Arizona and its yeah. relationship to to God. No, nah, she just that. wanted a song about cactus. Oh, probably. We could yeah. do another, um, like, two song song called Potholes. Yeah, there are plenty right in my apartment too. Oh yeah, yeah. Inside your apartment, you have inside potholes. My inside. Are there holes in your pots? I, yeah, yes. <laughs> and I'm really proud of you. I really am. I'm a pun guy. I'm, the, yeah. I'm that kind of joke guy. Uh-huh. I make all the worst ones. And one day you'll be on my level. And I'm really looking forward to that. Okay. Well, I'm see, trying. my daughter does that. And she does so many of them that we decided we create a rating system for them. Mm. So when she'll make a pun, we're like, you know, that's like swap meat level. Like, I could have bought it out of swap meat. Sometimes we're like, that's like you know street level. I, I bought that in an alley. Like that was not a good one. So that's yeah. is swap meet good then? Swap meet's like, no. Swap meet's pretty. It's just like it's it's pedestrian. Pedestrian. Yeah, I love swap meet. Easily, accessible. I'm feeling really offended. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, you can buy ten puns for a buck. You know, it's that's, like <laughs> that's why I like swap. You're not buying this a guess. Okay. What, okay. what is your favorite joke that you've ever heard? I don't remember jokes, so... I don't either. Okay. How about puns? What's a, your favorite pun that you have ever made, Andy? Because I know you're fun guy. Uh, sorry, fun guy. Fun guy. That was my bad. Yeah. Uh, first one. Yeah. That's terrible. I'm sorry. I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, so... <laughs> here's one that I liked that I heard recently, and then it took me a second to catch, and you'll have to understand the whole story. We had a Bible study... And I asked some of the guys in the Bible, say, hey, would it be okay if this particular person came in? And one of the guys said, well, you'll just invite any old guy in, won't you? And I'm like, no. Well, the guy's name is Guy. And so uh, I was like... Is he old? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's older. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, man, really? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that was kind of funny. That was a, a pun. That was good. Yeah. But, and, and you know now, I, and I also know his daughter-in-law's gonna be listening. So hey, yeah, hey. yeah, uh, that's good. I love puns, and a lot of my different names, like my Wi-Fi names, are both puns. Oh yeah. So uh, there's one for like five G and two point four G and whatever that means. You know, I don't know, folks. If you're looking for free Wi-Fi. It's per, not going to be at my ears. place. Oh, okay. It's not free, unfortunately. But if you ask for it, well, it's essentially well, it's not free to Brian, for but it could be free to you if you have this password. Yeah, there you, you just need to ask nicely, really, and be in my proximity. So, uh, Arthur, any more donuts? Oh, yeah. yeah. And Woodrow, but don't have a paddle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. those are two oh, yeah. very popular ones. Yeah, the one at my house is uh, Charlotte's Web. <laughs> yeah, well, you got a picture of me. Oh, yeah. Uh, hey, hey, viewers, we're photographing. Yeah, right we take very few photos. In fact, we videoed an entire podcast and never turned the video yeah. on. So. I wish that I have no—I have no idea what I look like, and you probably want to delete that. Probably terrible. Well, one issue we're gonna—we'll just have to kind of process through you just enjoying who you are. But that's yeah. Like one a, of the questions was like, when are you guys going to finally, as pastors, dig into this? You know, thing where Brian doesn't like the sound of his voice or how he looks, and, and com- oh no, I was comfort him, face. console That's him. I, that was oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know. Uh, I so, so what are these? You said you had some questions for us. What are these? These questions that you have? For yeah, us? we've blown a whole nine and a half minutes. I know. Yeah. What was, time? What time do you have to leave? In? I don't know. You yeah. know, usually when I'm doing thirty minutes from now. Yeah. Yes. When I sit down with people, I'm very conscious of the time, as you can yeah. tell in our hour-long podcasts. Yeah. I'm usually <laughs> not. People are, people are usually inching toward the door when I'm, when I'm with them. It's, it's weird. We'll need to talk about your self-deprecating humor and yeah. how much that, <laughs> that's internalized. No. Yeah, you don't want to talk about that. Yeah, no. It's no good. Yeah. But I was curious. I have, a, I have a, quite a few just random questions. Okay, go for it. Ask. 
Are these uh, from email or are these just e- like no, questions? We did not you, receive any emails from anybody. So you just wanted to ask us. I this just have a staged. bunch of random questions. Yeah. This whole thing. These are questions from the host. Uh-huh. Yeah. He wants to dominate finally. Yeah. It's, exactly. It's about my time. No. Uh, they, they're just a bunch of random ones. Okay. So there's bunch. no rhyme or reason. <laughs> what can technology never replace for you? What can technology never replace? Never replace my wife. <laughs> that's a good answer yeah, I'm thinking that's probably where I'm going to start because <laughs> uh, yeah your wife awesome perfect yeah what does happiness smell and or taste like mm, cake a really good street taco mm. street taco I love a good street taco yeah. your can you, can you taco? define for me the difference between a taco and a street taco well, the way I see it is, one, a street taco has to be purchased on a street. But <laughs> so, they always aren't. No, they're not. There are so all kinds of restaurants they're that smaller. Yeah, smaller. They tend to have a charred meat on it. Okay. Or some kind of artistic, you know, thing with vegetables. Because it's rough out there on the street. Yeah, well, it's sort charred. of, it's charred, and then you get just the onions and the, and the uh, cilantro. Okay. And nothing else. Yeah. So you, if you go to street tacos downtown, they're going to ask you, do you want it one way or another? You're not getting any lettuce on there. No lettuce. No You're lettuce. not getting. Uh, yeah. It's not going to have ground beef. Yeah. Yeah. For those of you, for those folks who are going to travel here from Japan and visit, if you if you go somewhere, you think you're going to get a meal and you're going to order one street taco. No, that's no, like there two bites. Reason they're two buck bites. Fifty. Yeah, you got to get about twenty of them. <laughs> Three will do. Three. If they have chips. Yes. And yes. a little side of beans that you can sprinkle on. Yes. So what's your favorite place to get street tacos? That place titled Street Tacos. Okay, so it's called your, Street Tacos. That's a location. There is a place, place called Street Tacos. Downtown. Okay. I, I like that. Yes. Any of the any of the places you see by the side of the road will give you a good street taco. That's but what I've noticed is the real ones don't call them street tacos. No, they don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. Yeah. 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 So what's... <laughs> So what's your favorite kind of cake? Chocolate. Chocolate? Yeah. I'm going to give you only one word answers. No, that's okay. <laughs> so what, is there a location or a place or a person that you prefer their cakes over anybody else's? Mm. No. No. Just, I just, seriously, yeah. Like, if, if there were cake in my home, I would just eat it and eat it. So it's kind of, I banned it from our home. I really like like cake like sweets in general but cake is a is a favorite so I mean there's certain cakes like and my sister-in-law makes this chocolate cake that was in our house recently and it's super good it's from a I mean it's from, from a cookbook it's not like I mean I don't know she found it somewhere but it's it's great but thanks. she had to construct it yeah Maria thanks it's awesome it's so good um you know but then we've made cakes at home that were super good you know I had some Awesome. And there's no right or wrong answer. We're not going to judge you. Oh, phew. Man. Well, we, we don't want to lose listeners. Just, just... Yeah, so be be very considerate. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I don't know I if love all... adequate, but we'll think about it. I love all cake. Okay, there you go. Awesome. He yeah. loves all cake. Yeah. So, my, my next question. Uh, in terms of either maybe worship or preparing for a sermon... Mm-hmm. Or even meeting someone for counseling. Mm-hmm. What are things that might hinder you from really being a, being in a place where you are? I don't want to say comfortable, but at peace with what you're doing, or just like really able to give God fully your attention. Well, that list is long. <laughs> I'm like, wow. Well, what comes up more often? We can than start not. with indigestion yeah. and yeah. move on down the line. Yeah. That's a good answer to it. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, I think, I mean, when you're saying, so you're saying worship in the sense of as I sit and, and I'm listening to what what's going on in my community and I'm communing with God and, and, yeah, and exactly. on a Sunday. You're exactly. talking about that particular part. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I think the hard part. It's it will in different contexts. It's different, but I think the overarching thing is if I am worried about how I appear, or if I am not okay with who I am in Jesus, then I'm really attempting 
to get people to like me or afraid that they're going to reject me that's the thing that's the biggest hindrance to me is making it about me yeah yeah which I tend to do most like I, I I trip over me Heck, I listen to these podcasts and think, oh, man. What do people think of me? Yeah, what do people think? How many or, people are oh, I'm tripping over me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I'm sure that that is, I mean, there's there's that for me, too. And I'm sure that's so common in our circles, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I I mean, I've got, I've got all these hang-ups and, you know, there's an old episode, Andy's problems. I talk yeah. about like two of those, you know, there's way more, but, um, but one of my, one of my big things is feeling like I am like, like I have to solve things for people. And mm. it's not just people making me feel that way. Like I, I kind of project that I would have the answers to things, but inwardly, like I'm, I get very overwhelmed by the feeling that I have to solve people's problems and you know that doesn't mean I shouldn't get engaged and deal with that stuff but I feel that so like a Sunday where I'll struggle to worship or preach or something like that would be would be one often when like when there's been some form of like needing to solve problems leading up into that I'll I'll be very that'll make me tense um and then, and then feeling inadequate, like, so you mentioned like, counseling or reaching, like, if I'm going into a, a sermon, which often turn out to be really good because I'm not going in there self-confident, you know, which is a, usually a good thing. But, but if I'm feeling like whatever I'm dealing with, like, I'm inadequate for this, like, that'll be a real internal struggle. But I, often it's helpful that I have to deal with that because I'm not adequate, you know, in and of myself, so... Awesome. Yeah. Are there any emotions that you're afraid of? Or emotions what do you mean by emotions? Like In others or in ourselves? In ourselves. Okay. In yourselves. Or it could be that you're used to. Like that I used to be afraid of? or uh, Yes. Like I used to be afraid of anger. Uh, okay. What? <laughs> and by the way, like we talked about... Uh, I, w- I want to make a confession. We talked about uh, anger last week, and I really enjoyed it. And I just realized how often I just get angry. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of times, I thankfully it's not hard for me if I'm angry at someone. Uh, it's not long until like I'm not angry at them. It's a very short period. A lot of times, it's my forgetfulness. So if someone wrongs me or whatever, uh, and the next day. They're like, hey, I'm sorry, but like, what? Don't even worry about it, man. Don't even worry about it. But in that moment, I'm just like furious. But I wanted to confess that, like, it happens more often than I recognize. Oh, wow. Serious, oh, serious time. Serious gave us a time. Bam, right that was 15 minutes. Awesome. We're that's that's actually the train. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> that was the new train. So, the, so what was your point? Yeah. I was, uh, I <laughs> that wasn't was the listening. train. Oh, I just it's just because of this, the sound bite. I'm not. Exactly. No worries. I'm, uh, <laughs> It was really inspirational. I wish you caught it, but uh, the timer interrupted. No, they, and there's the a train, train. Really, I don't think is it's going to be able to catch it, but it's a good mic. Oh yeah, yeah oh, it's, there it is. It's, it's going to catch, catch it. it. Yep, more inspirational stuff. That's a weird sounding train. Yeah, it's, it's about to run someone over. Yeah, oh, that's fortunate. <laughs> Our podcast has gone morbid, everybody. <laughs> but uh, yeah, emotions that you're afraid of or used to be afraid mm. of in ourselves. Yes, in ourselves. Mm. Uh, Okay, this isn't this isn't an emotion, but one thing I am afraid of I'm I'm afraid of speaking up and about things, and I do it I, like I'm known for giving my opinion and stuff like that. But I've definitely done a really bad job of it at certain points in my life. So I I will I've noticed that I'll tend to not kind of be brave when I should be. And I'll sometimes I'll be brave when I shouldn't be, and I worry about it these days in my you know 30s now that I'm starting to kind of see some of that, and, and I, I I get kind of worried about which situations I should speak into and which ones I shouldn't because I've made mistakes. So that's not so much the emotion, but um, I mean, worry is emotion, but that's I don't know. 
Yeah. No, that's fair. Like, yeah. what, what, there's no right or wrong answer. Like, yeah. One of my next questions was probably going to be, like, what is something about yourself that's not, maybe not morally wrong by any means, but something that you're not a big fan of yourself? Ah. Well, there's plenty morally wrong. Yeah, there's a lot of morally Oh, yeah, for sure. But I don't know if I want to broadcast that to all my 88 listeners. Yeah. No, no. Like, that's why I was saying, like... things about me. Oh, look at that vanity. Sometimes I... <laughs> <laughs> Well, I would say, like, well, do you say emotions? It's interesting. I would maybe answer the question more of what I'm afraid in other people is that I am afraid of anger, like a vicious anger or anger where I feel that I'm going to be in violent conflict. Like, where I may have to defend yourself, defend myself, or or, or defend other people, yeah. or or my, as we talked about in previous things, my pacifism. Yeah, and my instinct, mm-hmm. you know how those two things are going to line up. So yeah. other people's anger is, is frightening to me, um, and I'm I'm afraid of other people's anxiety. I would say, mm-hmm. yeah, hmm. yeah. So I I mean like I think one of the things that I for a long time just to talk about morally like, on the surface level is that I grew up in the age of pirating software. Ah. So, like, back when I owned a Commodore 64 in the late 80s, the way we would pirate is that someone would bring a floppy disk, which was this big black disk, and they would have a ton of games on it, and you would pass it around, and they were all games you would go buy at the store. Right. Um, and you would get them every month. Like, it was a whole, you know, kind of little underground ring. It wasn't just at my school. It was, like, yeah. everywhere. And you would go to clubs to do this. I mean, it was pretty organized. And then once the internet came, and then you learned to copy discs, and you learned to really even pirate it, you know, I kind of had in my mind, like, well, this is fine, because, you know, these huge software companies are just making money hand over fist on us, and, like, you know, we need this technology to run our lives, and, you know, computers are so expensive, and... um, so I just had all these justifications that when it came to, to a church and how we were going to get our software. <laughs> yeah, you were Robin Hood. I, yeah, I had to think about that all of yeah. a sudden in a way that I, you know, I don't know why all of a sudden now I'm working at God's place. We got to think about this, but not when I'm not working there. Yeah. <laughs> right. You can talk about the hypocrisy of all that. But it, it did force me, you know, as a young man to decide that I'd have to go without, our church would have to go without. Um, because we couldn't afford it, yeah. and we weren't going to copy it, and that was you know took a while for me to come to. Yeah, but so there's a there's a moral dilemma that I've wrestled with for a long time. Yeah, um, yeah, and I it's funny because you know Eric once mentioned like lying, and I I've definitely I feel like it's not quite. Oh, you just outed me. Thank you. Oh well, yeah. my point was not <laughs> no, to do just, that, but, just, but now you mentioned <laughs> Yeah, Eric's a liar. Um, but uh, I've I've noticed in myself, and I've gotten a lot better at this. But I'll still want to do it, so it's still there. But uh, I want to I want to lie to look competent about something. So if I used to like just very blatantly when I was younger, somebody'd be like, "Have you seen this movie?" And I grew up without a TV, and which not because of like religious conviction, but we just couldn't afford one. Um, and so <clears throat> there are all these like great eighties movies. Like I've never seen the Terminators, never seen a whole bunch of stuff, right? That people be like, Oh, you know, Terminator two. And I would just be like, yeah, yeah, no, I don't, I don't know anything about it. I've never seen it. And then that all like bleed into all sorts of other areas. So like, so say like I'm with some, a bunch of competent pastors, which I'm about to do. Cause I'm about to go to this meeting in Phoenix with some pastors today. And that like groups like that, where everybody's like, Oh yeah, you know, well, you know, uh, you know, you know this book, and uh, you know systematic the, theology. Yeah. Oh, you know the biblical theology, or the <laughs> systematic theology, and uh, you know, and uh, oh, you, you know, well, you've obviously, uh, you've obviously read, you know, you know, uh, J.R. Bazzizi's, uh, you know, that's not real. Right. You were kind but, of throwing that down last week. Yeah. yeah, yeah. See. Right. Exactly. We Which, do. Yeah. But I don't think I actually lied about anything. No, you didn't lie. Yeah. But I'm very tempted when somebody will say like you know oh you know in you this print. book yeah, you know you and I'll, I'll tend to just instead of going yeah. like actually I've never read that right. I'll just say like oh yeah. yeah 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 and it's like what is that about like why do I want to act like I know everything that all these people know like why not just like kind of 
raise my hand as a, as a pastor and go, I actually have never read that book. Like, can you guys tell me about it? Yeah. You know, yeah. like what, why do I? Wow. Cause man, it gotta be competent. Can't be vulnerable. Be and it can't be seen as no. Right. And I kind of had, I had the similar problem and then I turned it all the way the other direction and to be contemptuous. Yeah. So when somebody uh, says, oh, I read blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, I don't really read that. I only kind of read N.T. Wright and Walter Brueggemann. Yeah, you've done and that a lot so, on the podcast. Yeah, I did too, right? <laughs> because I need, to, I need to prove that, like, well, I'm better than you because I've read right. people I know you haven't read or thought through. So there, right. fine. Or you don't like. Yeah. Like, yeah. So it's, it's, not, any, it's not any better. And it's uh-huh. We can start listing our moral failings pretty uh, aggressively. <laughs> well, and isn't that the interesting thing is, like, back, like, I mean, this, this is the goofy stuff is you'll, you'll be in some form of church community and they'll be... You know you're in an immature church when they're pointing around to, or immature community, I should say, in general, when when they're pointing around to just all of the big, obvious flaws of people and going, like, unbelievable, look at, you know, look at these people, you know, all the terrible things they do. Like, because, and, and the reason that's a problem is because if you really know yourself and if you really know your heart, the better you get, you know, I expect when I'm 50, I expect to if you were to ask me this question to have way more stuff and it'd be the kind of stuff that people listening would you know some of them would be like that's not a big deal that's not a big deal at all but i'd be like no 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 no. that's it's a huge deal this is underneath everything i do like the when i get angry it's because of this because i don't feel competent and all that you know and right and when i you know when when i'm like say something really unkind to my wife or when i you know like ignore a friend or whatever like those things come from from this other stuff and you know the discover you just go deeper and deeper and you start realizing these things that seem so small are actually really 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 big right and hopefully the only difference is you you're learning with age to tap into the gospel in a deeper and more rich yeah. way that's the, and not be crushed by all your flaws yeah. but to have more and more hope and feel more and more loved by god because right. in all of your flaws christ died for you right yeah well, that's powerful. Yeah. Good question. Just, oh, thank you. I don't even remember what it was. So, <laughs> no, I, I was curious. What is the most profound spiritual experience you'd say that you've had? Do you want to go first on that? Or? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I, I the most profound... I need to think for a minute. Right. Go ahead. Um, okay, so... Uh, I grew up in the church. I became a Christian when I was three or four. Um, and so one of the experiences that I had as I got older, um, living kind of in two worlds, one in the church world and one in you know the public world where people, most of my friends didn't know Jesus, is that I found a huge disconnect, both in my own soul in the community of God and then in my friends. Like there was this weird stretching. Um, and... I wasn't finding the answers. Like, I wasn't finding people wrestling with God. And in early 1999, I um, was just searching on the web, and I found this conference that was going to happen in Seattle. It was called the Young Leaders Conference. And um, it was 65 bucks. All you had to do was get to Seattle. And I found round-trip tickets for my wife and I for $99 a piece. I remember that. So we, we fly into Seattle, and I remember we, we walk into this at Spew, which is uh, the Christian college that we call it Spew. Um, anyway, I walk into their big chapel, and the band is playing, and from the moment, I'd never heard the song, um, the song is called Mercy Stands. We sing it at our church now, but I started weeping. And my wife started weeping. And from that moment until the end of that conference, three days later, most of it was built of crying. And it was such a, a crazy experience because it felt like all of a sudden those two worlds like came together and God said, there's hope. Like, you, I, I've given you a gift. Like, it's not just, this is not just for the, your friends, that the gospel's not just for your friends, it's for you. And there's a language that you can understand it in. And that was just, like it was transforming and my eyes were just open to like such a broad range of people and 
all through this conference, these older men who now actually people all know would stand up and say, everything has gone wrong. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And here's how Jesus has shown up in that. And it was just really powerful because it was not your typical, here's how you do your church conference. And so it was just such a bunch of broken people, like, offering their brokenness and a lot of creativity being poured out in the midst of it. And that was just, that was probably where I tasted, like, an inspiration for my calling and hearing God speak loudly into what I would be doing for the next 20 years. Awesome. Yeah, I um I'm trying to think. I mean, there's yeah. I mean, I've got stuff like a little bit of stuff like that, like with what I should do in ministry. Like there was a when I was 17 years old. Like I or no, when I was 18 years old. Um, went to a went to a conference where with a youth group so I had just kind of graduated the youth group and I went to help and there was a African American pastor who was talking about like the fact that some people were called to to give God you know their career um and kind of all their time and really focus on on building up the body of Christ and for some reason like all the people I knew who were there none of them that didn't really they don't, I'm sure they don't even remember it they weren't really impacted by that but for me, it just, it was, there's this, like, that's, that's what's going on. Like, that's what I'm feeling inside. So I went home to my church and told them that I wanted a job, which is really a weird thing to do when you're 18. And they actually gave me one, um, which was kind of like I did all the random stuff around the church, like cut the grass and, you know, sort through the attendance cards and all sorts of really mediocre but actually, I, I kind of liked it and enjoyed it and felt like I was doing it with and for God. So that was that was important. Um, then, you know, I don't know, a few years ago, there was a... I went and heard a, a pastor that I really enjoy uh, spoke at a church planning conference, and some of the stuff he was saying just really clicked, really made sense. And he was talking about how much you need to, like, love the community in which you're a pastor. And I was really wrestling. This is before starting the church that's now become Mission Church, like just before it. And I was doing an internship somewhere, and I couldn't quite figure out why I didn't click with that internship and why, like, it was it was a good thing, but I just didn't feel like I should be there long term, and I couldn't figure it out. And he just, in really like clear terms, talked about why he ended up uh, pastor in Santa Fe, um, which is, you know, and he was like in some rural. Um, church before that and something about that when when he explained all that it just it just clicked like sometimes like that's I feel the same way it makes a lot of sense to me but then there was stuff like when I uh, when I was about 17 when I really like I'd known about Jesus also since I was about three when I was 17 it's like this became like became a critical thing for me to believe and put my trust in and, uh, and I don't think that's, like, when I became a Christian. It just seems like like God had been at work, and this was, like, a critical point to me. You know, I don't know. I could go on. It's awesome. So, <clears throat> we appreciate you both sharing that. Uh, the next question is kind of a two-part question. Uh, what is something that... Uh, are we short on time? No, we're good. Okay. Uh, what is something about yourselves that you have learned that is very particular due to your upbringing and your experience that you don't think someone would have been able to teach you and it resonate as well? Yeah. And what is something on the opposite of that that like you don't think experience would have taught you or you're thankful you didn't have to experience it but someone was able to share it with you and you were able to resonate with it? I'll let you go first in that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, there's this unique piece of my story in that I grew up, um, yeah, I grew up fairly poor, trailer parks, but I also went to uh, went to private school. So I've always felt like, like I wasn't in one of those worlds or the other. I was always kind of in between. And um, I think that's a unique 
perspective that I have. Like I, I feel very comfortable in a in a corporate board meeting. I feel very comfortable in a slum. Um, either way, I, I kind of, I don't, I, you know, I, I kind of know what to do in a, in a in a weird way. So I think that's uniquely prepared me even for our church and some of the things I feel like God's called me specifically to do and to bring people together in a certain way. Um, so that's one, that's one piece. Um, it's a good piece. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> of course. Um, what was the other part of that question? The other part of it is not necessarily experience, <clears throat> or so, but you're thankful that someone else has shared mm. with you that you've been able to resonate with that you didn't have to experience. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just, like, I guess, like, I don't know, one thing would be, like, substance abuse and stuff like that. Like, I don't know. I It was, it was a weird thing. Like, I grew up, like, go, in high school, like, I was at all kinds of parties and doing all sorts of places. But for whatever reason, like, I never, I never became the guy that, you know, had to, had to drink too much or had to smoke something to feel better or whatever. And, but I, I knew a lot of people that did and cared about those folks and never thought they were garbage for doing it or whatever. But I, but that just hasn't been my particular, um, at least so far. Yeah, I'm <laughs> 34. Not planning on it, but uh, but that was never something that like had a hold of me. But I I knew people to whom that was the case and saw what that could do. I don't know. That's one thing that comes to mind. Yeah, that's good. Know. Well, I would say growing up with my mother and father is, is a unique experience. I mean, I know growing up with. Anybody's parents is unique, but mine are highly connected, ministry-oriented people, so yeah. I got a lot of training. Mm-hmm. I just wouldn't have gone. Even if I went to a seminary, I wouldn't have gotten that training because it started when I was five, and they were very intentional about it. And I, I, I rebelled against a lot of it, but it shaped who oh, I yeah. was and how I understand things. The other thing, though, in my upbringing is that I got picked on a lot mm-hmm. as I was growing up. But as I got older... I learned from some friends some martial arts, oh. and I also started working in a hospital where I was the main guy to take people down. So I ended up being in fights as I got older, and so that actually created like a an in, like a, a way of being as a pastor that gives me a little bit of like I can be with rough people, which I couldn't used to be. Like I was yeah. terrified of them because they picked on me all the time. Oh right. Um, so that was, I think, something that was added, like given to me that I just wouldn't get going yeah. to school or something like that. I think the other, like, things that people have offered me is, like, being a pastor. And Andy can resonate with this, or it's probably the same experience. We just hear a lot of stories yeah. and learn a lot about how people interact with trauma. Mm-hmm. But there is no way I want to go through that. <laughs> Um, but I am learning how people respond to it and how they understand it. And it's really helpful to me in helping other people. Is to, so yeah. they've taught me a, a lot that way. That There's just no way I'm going to walk through any of that. Yeah. I don't want to walk through any of it anyway. I'll give a round two to that question. Maybe yes. Eric can do another round two or something. But another... I had a, I had a really... Um, really unique friend group in high school it's kind of like like the I don't know somewhere between like the it's like the car guys slash hip hop guys like this like my friends would be break dancing in the middle of school and not so much me I would more I used to break dance goof off yeah <laughs> my cardboard piece of cardboard uh, yeah yeah yeah, awesome. yeah cardboard and linoleum and all that <laughs> and so yeah like that was my that was my friend group a lot of hip hop shows uh, when I was younger, and and you know, hopefully this year as well, you know, I'm st- I still enjoy that stuff. But but I think you know, I look back on yeah, a lot of folks' experience, and you know, I just I had a really diverse group of friends, and I think that shaped me a lot, and uh, really grateful for it. And uh, yeah, and then another like another thing I think about often is like even like sexual stuff. Like I. I remember when I was in middle school, 
was with a friend of mine whose parents had gone through a divorce and life was pretty crazy and he had a friend this girl and I ended up learning like she wanted to she wanted to have a physical relationship with me and she offered that and I was like oh no I don't think so but I, I think about that like I look back on it and I go man like so many middle school kids like would have been intrigued and gone for that and like what would who would I be if I'd started like if my sexual activity had begun in middle school like what that would have changed the, the whole trajectory of my life I have no doubt um, and and it wasn't just like oh it could have happened like it was I mean it was like there was opportunity there was all that and I just think about that and I think like God what you know you didn't shelter everybody from this you know why'd you why'd you shelter me from it you not just shelter but like you gave me this conviction that was like outside of myself like that wasn't like I sat there and just thought through all the pros and cons you know there's something I just was like oh I can't do that um so that's I don't know I think about that sometimes like that yeah just what what would have been different who knows but I feel like I feel like God was protecting me and and I, I know that's supposed to be part of a lot of people's stories and is and but for whatever reason for me it was not and I just think about it that's that's cool yeah I wasn't sure if you wanted to add. No, I'm good. Okay. So, um, I was curious. What is something that you have learned from one another that you wish <coughs> to actually just share? What from, is something that so you something? Learned? What have I learned from, from Andy and what Andy have you and what has Andy learned from me? Um, you really yeah, I can I can say that. Uh, I noticed that I have this is not what I learned from Andy, but I noticed <laughs> as I listen to my speak to the speaker on the podcast or anytime I'll say, "Well, I have two things," and then I'm like, "Where's the second thing?" Like, I'm, like, hey, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm really like Solomon. I understand. I've got you know, seven things, but I'm going to tell you six of them. But um, <laughs> the first thing I, I think I've I've learned from Andy. And actually, Andy and I haven't really known each other like yeah. in a in a way that's more intimate than recently. Like, yeah. what would you say, like the last year, maybe? Yeah, probably about the last year. Yeah, we've actually gotten to know each other. But the thing that I really like about Andy and that's inspiring to me is that he, and I resonate with it, is that I know you won't say you have this, but you're a very courageous person, <laughs> and I I love the way that you. And it's more in the moment. Like, you are very much like, oh, I'm going to go talk to that person. Oh, I'm going to think... Like, you act on what you're thinking about. Hmm. It's not... If you say it, then it's probably going to happen. Um, and even if it's kind of scary, you're, you're going to go do that thing. Like, you're willing to take a risk. And that, hmm. like, is inspiring to me. I really think that's, that's cool. Um... And the other thing I, I really enjoy, and I don't know if these are things that I've learned, right. quote unquote, because neither of us have been in a spot where we're like teaching directly, but I have learned in the sense of, or I resonate with your loyalty, that you're to the to God, to the people around you, to the mission. Like you are about this. You know this city and your church and the people with whom you love. Like that's there isn't a lot else about you. You know, I mean, yeah, you have your business. <laughs> you know, what I mean, you have like, but it's not like yeah, you're like you don't sit around and chat about a whole plethora of other things because you know what you love and you know right. what you're about. And and in some ways, you don't. You know, you have you don't have time for five hundred other things. That's part of it. So, yeah, because you have your love. Yeah, so that's. And that that's kind of answers my second question. If you want to expand or just add something, my next question was, uh, and I still want you to answer the first question. But, uh, what is something that you see in one another that you wish that other people would recognize because they would really benefit from it? Hmm. So, like loyalty or something like that. Well, I'll see all of those qualities. Yeah, stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm gonna have to think about like how to say that. Okay, and you want to go on and tell? Yeah, I, well, yeah, years ago, I think the first time I ever 
met Eric was at a men's conference. Oh, man, that was yeah. painful. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's, and that's exactly, yeah, it was painful. And, you know, Eric was sharing some of the stuff that is and has become really key to the village, to the church, and he was sharing that with these other men. And I mean, you, this was, you're not like a conference speaker guy. This is out of your comfort zone. It I was think. way out at that time. Yeah. In particular, it was super, I didn't even want to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, Eric doesn't want to do it. His dad's there. Then there's, like, like essentially, like, a ministry leader heckler. Yes. <laughs> in the group, like, uh, like, like uh, I mean, I don't know, maybe he's one of our listeners. And, hey, man, it's cool. It was years ago. We can talk. But he, um, yeah, just, like, would not let Eric do his thing. He was just always interrupting and, like, and disagreeing with stuff and challenging everything. Yeah. And I remember I was just sitting there going, this poor guy, you know, with Eric. But at the same time, like, two things came away. Like, I I walked away with two things. Like, one was, of all the things I'd heard at the conference, what Eric was saying was some of the deepest and most thoughtful. Like, how to really deeply engage. So I remember the table of decision, right, from from that conference. I don't remember anything else. Literally nothing else from that conference at all. Including what I talked about. Because I talked about something. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you spoke at the conference. I did something. Oh, I, right. and I don't remember that's, that's what cool. it was. Like, I don't I don't have a, the foggiest idea. That's funny. Um, but I remember the table of decision. I never forgot it. And so that was like, I just thought this guy has a lot of wisdom and insight. And I, I want to hear more. You know, it was something that I came away with. So what would I want other people to... Like, Eric's not the type who's going to, like, bang down the door and, like, here's me and all my thoughts. But his thoughts are really, really well thought out. And there's and there's wisdom. And so I want people to know that and hmm. to listen to him. Um, and then and then I just, just observing, like, his willingness, like, right here in the class. Like, he's having to do what he's teaching because, like he's talking like the table of decisions there's this idea that like the enemy is saying things to you about who you are and you know what and and then jesus is inviting you into a different way um and here's this guy challenging eric and making him feel small and all this stuff and he's having to like live it out and i felt like he was patient and gentle with the guy when like everything I wanted to stand up and just say, dude, shut up. <laughs> um, like that's where I was at. And uh, Eric just, okay. Oh, all right. Thanks. You know, okay. Back to what I was saying. So I was impressed. Hmm. thought you wow. were willing to do what you were asking people to do. That's cool. Awesome. Now we probably reached our, our time. Our max. Oh well, what do you um, well, I was. I wanted to make sure that you didn't want had to have anything to add. Um, can I close out with one more thing? Sure. Awesome. Uh, what if you had the? Actually, let me do something different. If you had the opportunity to share with this next generation, uh, what would you want them to know? What do you think that's really important for them to know that you don't believe that they're getting, or that you believe like? It's not necessarily that they're not getting, but something that your generation really held dear that you believe is important. That's a long, complicated question <laughs> yeah. to end with, but yeah, I'll, you're, oh, I'll make it real, real short. Is I think that it's not what my generation got, yeah. and, but it is the thing that I think the gospel tells us, and in a very gentle way, it's not about you. It's about God, and it's about loving your neighbor. And I, I think that that is, and to go just back to your other question, that's what I love about Andy. Like that's what we resonate on because we actually there's tons of stuff he and I <laughs> philosophically don't agree on, but like that we like. I don't think there's any like we understand what it like. We resonate on those things, and I think that's why we're here doing this podcast together. Yeah. Yeah. Similarly, I don't. I don't. I'm not like looking at my gen- well. We don't even know what my generation is. We don't. <laughs> he and I even don't even agree on whose generation is doing what. So, <laughs> so there's that. Um, 
Yeah, I just I just think like the thing that's going to continue to to be important is you know, just you know the gospel really is the key. I mean, I think it's something that I would I would go back and say to the people I went to church with who didn't get it and didn't see that and didn't teach it to me. And I would say forward to all of you is you know that that like in the gospel you know, love and justice kiss like there's we have grounds for calling things wrong that are wrong in ourselves and in others but at the same time we have grounds for for being absolutely accepted through the cross through the death of Jesus Christ and there's just nothing else like that in the yep. world that offers those two things in perfect harmony and just don't ever let anything else control your your ideology other than that yep awesome and I think I know how big of a question that was and I really appreciate you both answering it in the way that you did and uh, I think that's all you really need to share alright and hopefully we'll talk more about it too uh, thank you so much for <clears throat> I'm losing my voice there you go cleared it up a little bit uh, this has been the host Brian Betts Pastor Andy Littleton Pastor Eric Seepin uh, thank you so much for joining us for Faith Over Breakfast have a wonderful day